Hello and welcome to Who Wins Podcast, where each episode we pit pop culture icons against each other in a brutal fight to the death. This is our spooky Halloween episode for this year. And following on from the last episode, where we looked at Disney princesses in a kind of royal rumble, we're going to look at villains. Seems only fitting since it's Halloween. Yeah, why not? All right, so uh, just to break this down, uh, we're going to do exactly the same as we did with the princesses. And rather than take the canon Disney villains here, which is slightly different to the princess canon, we're going to take the villains of the princesses that we used last episode. Yeah. Uh, no particular reason for that other than the actual villains canon is quite large and we'd be here all day. Yeah, we'd we'll be here at Christmas. Yeah, maybe in the future we'll find a way to differentiate and separate out with some of these other villains and look at them. But for now, it's the villains of the core princesses. So, we're going to split it down into classics, renaissance era and modern, just like we did last episode. So, for classic villains, we've got the evil queen slash hag from Snow White, the Lady Tremaine from Cinderella, and Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. In the renaissance, we've got Ursula, Gaston, Jafar... Governor Radcliffe and Shan Yu. And then in the modern era, there's Dr. Facilier, Mother Gothel, and Mordu the Bear from Brave. Uh, okay, so let's kick it off with the classics then, get straight into that bracket. Yeah. Um, just before we do start this, uh, <laughs> there is already, I think, a very clear winner in this fight. I've, I've got one in my head as well. There is only one winner here. We're just going to have to see how we get to it. I think regardless of how we treated these villains, whether we put every villain in or whether we just do it this way, there is only one winner here. I think everybody knows it already. But well, let's, let's see, let's let's see, see how happens. we go. Um, okay, so this first bracket, um, the evil queen is is depicted like like... When, when you see her, obviously she's a sorceress slash witch. I guess yeah. witch is a better way of describing yeah. her than sorceress. Maleficent is a sorceress. Yeah. Um, so the, the evil queen needs a cauldron in order to... She, she doesn't cast spells. No, she makes She makes, makes potions things. And, yeah. So uh, if you look at the way, for instance, she, um, she goes to Snow White, she creates the poison apple and takes yeah. it to Snow White, and there has to be an element of complicity from Snow White to take the apple in and eat the apple. Yeah. Um, she's got that all over the Lady Tremaine here because Lady Tremaine is obviously seen as a, a social climber and she's very scheming. She's always after more money. And but she's mortal. She's mortal, yeah. And, and the key for me here is if... I don't think the Evil Queen would go as the hag to Lady Tremaine. No. If she showed up as the Queen with any kind of cursed trinket or artifact, the Lady Tremaine is going to take it. Yes. I nearly snapped my fingers. I didn't. <laughs> She's going to take it instantly. So all the Queen has to do, Lady Tremaine's just gone here. Yeah. She has, one, she has no powers anyway. She's just an old woman. Yeah. And two, like whether Maleficent wants to just fucking zap her or, or whether the Evil Queen wants to just show up with some kind of cursed artifact, she's yeah. just going to take it. That's it, I think. It wouldn't be an apple. It would be something like she'd curse a piece of jewellery or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it would be a brooch you know, or, or in an earring that as soon as she puts it into her ear and draws blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the interesting one for me is, we've talked about Melissa very briefly already, the evil queen was kind of more functional and more practical, whereas Maleficent was kind of more whimsical. She cursed a spinning wheel for the fuck of it because she wasn't invited to a christening. Yeah, um, um, Maleficent. Uh, right, uh, Maleficent's my horse in this fight. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Now. There is, there is no way. 
I, I don't, I, we'll see as we get into it, but I don't see how anybody's, like, she is, yeah, she's whimsical, definitely, yeah. but she's just a fucking evil bitch. Yeah. <laughs> There's I mean, no other word for it. She's at, the mistress of all evil. Yeah, you, you look at some of the other villains in, in the other brackets, and even you go outside the brackets and you look at the canon, you look at something like Captain Hook. Captain Hook was a bit deranged, but he kind of he had his new his his foibles and the thing with the ticking clock and the crocodile and the rest of it. But Melissa doesn't have that. Melissa yeah. is just fucking evil, and it stems. And I said she wasn't invited to a party, so she cursed the entire fucking kingdom. Yeah, yeah, she's an absolute bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she's just she's fantastic. She's just evil for the sake of being evil. Yeah. Um, Captain Hook's an interesting one. This is going way off topic. This is a particular bee I, I have in my bonnet. Um, with Peter Pan especially, because uh, loads of people love Peter Pan, and, and there are elements of Peter Pan that I like as well, but I think it's a really messed up film. Yeah. Uh, and Captain Hook is not the villain in Peter Pan. Peter Pan is the villain in Peter Pan. He's an absolute little douchebag. Yeah. Captain Hook is a hero who is taunted by Peter Pan throughout the whole film. He doesn't really do anything wrong. No, it, Captain Hook just has his crew of pirates who all worship him. He looks after him fairly well. But he's a pirate. But he's a pirate, so therefore he must be bad. He must be bad, yeah. But so is Jack Sparrow. Yeah, but I think that's a, that's a generational difference. I yeah. Mean, we, we've got to a point socially where anti-heroes are more accepted than, than heroes a lot of the time. Um, but we saw, again, we're massively off point and we're only five minutes in, this is a good start. Um, it's Disney, this is going to happen. <laughs> we're actually, it was six minutes, as far as acceptable. Um, that's the cutoff. We saw, we took Jess to see um, a live version, or condensed live version of Peter Pan last year, and she didn't see much of it. She had to scream and have dabs and have to go out, and I sat there watching it because um, Tori left her phone and her wallet and everything in the theatre with me, and I didn't know mm-hmm. where, she, well, where she was, so I just stayed and watched the show. But even the way that was done, it was... It was all set up that Pan and the Lost Boys and the Darling Children were there to antagonise Captain Hook. Yeah, yeah. And it's an interesting one because it's never been seen that way. It's always been seen as no, Peter Pan is he's effectively a Robin Hood. He's standing up yeah. for these Lost Boys and he's, he's standing up to oppression and you know, the quote-unquote authority in the area. But he's really not. He's an absolute douche monkey. They, they all just absolutely make Hook's life miserable. And every villainous thing that he does is only to get back at Peter Pan. Like, what's the worst thing he does in that film? Probably kidnap Wendy. Yeah. That's just because Pan is pushing him to the absolute fucking edge. Yeah, I mean, like, what, they, what they need is Asbos and Neverland. Yeah, totally. I, I, Captain Hook is the hero of that film. When you look at everybody, with the exception of probably Wendy, on the side of the perceived good guys, Yeah. Peter Pan is, yeah, definitely, like, a little Asbo shit. Yeah, he's a gang right. leader. Yeah. Tinkerbell is just a nasty piece of work. Yeah. Kill the Wendy bird. <laughs> you know, she's she's just a jealous little bitch. Yeah. But, and, and it's interesting, you look at that, and then the way that they've spun off and given the Disney fairies and Tinkerbell. They it have, ruined Tinkerbell. I, like, I'm calling her a jealous little bitch. I love that Tinkerbell. Yeah. That character is superb. And the, they've gone on a meadow. They, they, was on, they were on a Christmas, so we, we recorded her for Jess, and I think we watched them, and she did something else. Um... But yeah, it's um, she's very good. She's very vir- virtuous. She's, she's very a kind. tinker. Yeah. What? No, she's a, she should be an absolute cat rag. Yeah, she is. And I, they they ruined Tinker. Anyway, right. So yeah, Captain Hook not a villain. Just for the yeah. record. Um, yeah. So getting back to it then. Yeah. So we're down to Maleficent and the Evil Queen. Yeah. Now again, the Evil Queen's powers 
are, I, are slightly passive in that she is going to have to convince Maleficent to take something off her, be that a potion or an apple or whatever. Ain't no way Maleficent is stupid enough. No, she's not falling for that. No, um, it's just not happening. And, you know, okay, maybe there's an element of, like, she wants, she does want to be liked, even though she's, well, not so much liked, I guess, it's feared and respected, which is yeah. what upset her at not being invited to the, to the christening. But perhaps there's an element that the evil queen could manipulate her slightly there. But again, but again, not enough. And I think, no, as I said, as I said that evil she's queen, too smart. Yeah, evil queen's magic is very passive. It relies on acceptance from the other side. I said, if you look at the end of Sleeping Beauty, where um, the prince escapes, yeah, and she's firing. You know, shots left, right, and centre. She, you know, she knocks a wall down. She knocks a. She takes up the bridge to her own fucking castle. Yeah. Um. She turns into a dragon. Dragon. Yeah. yeah. So she has this. No, she has a lot more about her than I can. I can enchant a little apple. Yeah, totally. And she can. There's, there's she's no got a way in hell. Stuff. Yeah. There's there's no way in hell. I mean, they they looked at they they released uh, Maleficent in the 2014. The Something like that. I know they're talking about a second, a second uh, installation now, and they kind of tried to humanise her in that, which I think went relatively well. I love that film. Um, I've only seen it once, and it was a while ago. But they did a, a reasonable job. Uh, they did a reasonable job of humanising the character and making and making her relatable. The problem is, you don't want her to be relatable. No, it's a different. Everybody that really has a problem with that film, I think, is trying to tie that to this, yes. and they are. It, that is an adaptation. It is a different thing. Yeah. In the same way that we've talked loads of times on this podcast about people that get the knickers in a knot over, or there's a new Ghostbusters, or there's a new this, or a reboot of this, or a reboot of that. Look, you don't have to like it, but it shouldn't detract from your enjoyment of the original. It yeah. is a new thing. Yeah. And you have to treat it as such. And I don't see any real correlation between that version of the Sleeping Beauty story and Disney's original version of the Sleeping Beauty story, which, if I'm honest, I think is probably the worst of all the Disney films. Yeah. It just so happens that it has the best villain. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this when we did Princesses. Um, Aurora is a completely fucking useless character anyway, and everyone around her is useless. Yeah, completely. So you, I mean, you get to that point where it, everything is dumb luck. Yeah. And I think the problem with that is, certainly in well, these hypothetical circumstances, there's no defence of anybody apart from Maleficent who just... She's the only one that has any agency. Look, Maleficent and the fairies are essentially the hero, the, the villain then in Maleficent's case, and the heroes of the tale. Yeah. The fairies are the heroes of Sleeping yeah. Beauty. They are not her sidekicks. No. They are the heroes. They are the only ones that have any agency in that story. They're given a mission at the start by the king, which is to protect yeah. his daughter as she to make sure that she doesn't get caught on the spinning wheel and stuff like that. They fuck that up. They have to redeem themselves. Yeah. Yes, okay, technically, Philip is the one that's seen to be fighting the dragon and stuff. He ain't doing the fighting. Yeah. It's the fairies that are doing the fighting. They're, they're just guiding him. They're, yeah. they're the ones that are enchanting his sword. They're the ones that are making the wall vanish for him. They're the, they do everything. Yeah. They do absolutely everything. They are the heroes. Um, where was I going with that? Useless film, Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Yeah. Um, and so then we had the the new Maleficent, and it, it seems to be two very definite camps of people. Nobody kind of likes that film. Mm. People either love it or hate it. And I know it's not the version of the film that was originally intended because it's been cut to shit and everything, but for what it's worth, what's there, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's a very brave film as well. I absolutely did not expect to be walking into a rape revenge fantasy. 
at all. No, it's, it's a little bit that one. Yeah, it's, it's fucking fantastic. Um, and as a character, you could argue she's possibly even more powerful in that film than in than she seemed to be in Sleeping Beauty. I mean, she's some fucking flying kung fu fucking warrior towards the end of that as well. Yeah. And so, I, think, I think the part of the reason is you don't, because it's not quote-unquote her film, Sleeping Beauty, you don't spend enough time with her. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think the the way that the way that film was done, the way Melissa was done, I think it, it adds a lot to that character. Um, and I'd be really interested because Disney are going through a process of doing live action versions of all their really successful films. Uh, I don't know if they're running out of money or what, but I think that's that's what they're really going to running. No, well, if not a good year, well, technically to the shareholders, they're saying they're not had a good year again. They've still had like billions at the box office, but yeah. simple fact is they're not running out of money. They're just realizing that. This makes money. Yeah. Um, but it'd be interesting to see, given the, the general criticism of Sleeping Beauty is the fact that everyone in it is so fucking useless. It'd be really, really interesting to see how they translate that to 2018, 2019, whenever they actually mm. do it, and how that affects the portrayal of Maleficent in the film. Yeah, I mean, how, yeah, whether they take her darker. Yeah, they're going to have to because the characters will be more rounded and three dimensional. So they're going to have to make her more evil. And well, it's more, interesting more sinister and a bit more, a bit more rational. If you like, I mean, as I said, the, the whole sort of thing of sleeping beauty seems to be she goes off the deep end because people don't respect her and she's not invited to the party, so she makes a big thing about well, fuck you all. Yeah, I don't think that'll fly in 20, 2018, 2019 the same way as it did back when Sleeping Beauty came out. No, well, it didn't in twenty fourteen, which is why they they gave her the whole backstory and stuff. But they've completed that arc now. So if they take it any further, I don't see that they are going to villainize it anymore. I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see what they do with it. I'm excited to see it. But anyway, get, getting back on topic. Um, so Maleficent and the Evil Queen. I I just see no way that the Queen can either better Maleficent's magic or even physically. No, I think if you come, I think to look at her, Maleficent probably seems slightly more. I don't know, just physically agile than the, than the Queen would yeah, be. She the, looks more commanding and domineering. Yeah, the Queen's kind of set up um, to look very regal and very yeah. very proper, so her movements are all very stiff and very deliberate and very slow. Whereas Maleficent... She she's commanding. Seems, yeah, she's sort of... Effectively, she might as well glide. Yeah, totally. Yeah. She can apparate and disapparate. Yeah, she's, she's very ethereal, even to the point where, where she arrives at the christening and you see her moving through it. She doesn't... She floats she, yeah. essentially. She's yeah. not sort of you know, banging her stick on the floor every yeah. step she takes. She's no, she's just a presence and she's just there. She is exactly that. That is the best description of Maleficent. She is she's just evil, is what she is. Mm. She is the presence of evil. Yeah. Uh and they they just they not plus, I mean, even if it came down to it, the evil queen's got like, okay, I guess Queen's Guard and the Woodsman and stuff. Maleficent's got a fucking army of goblins. Yeah. Like it just there's no way like it's Maleficent. That's just she's just whether she fucking just shoots a spell bolt and hits the queen, or whether she, I doubt she'd turn into a dragon just for the funsies. I don't know if she might. She, she might do, just, yeah. Just, she's, just because, yeah. So, well, yeah, there you go. Then she turns into a dragon and incinerates the queen, I guess. Yeah. So we get Maleficent go through from that round, definitely. Yeah, I, I, yeah. As I said, that was that was the uh, the only dog in the fight for me from from the second we we talked about this. Uh, yeah. Um, Oh well, it'll be interesting. There is, 
There is one other character coming up later on that. Well, I, I meant so particularly that that, that round. That round. We've got one character coming up that I think may potentially give her a run for her money. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see when we get we'll the fight. Okay, yeah. so we're into the Renaissance. So we've got Ursula, Gaston, Jafar, Governor Radcliffe, and Shan Yu. Yeah. Now, okay, so there's only actually two characters here that have got powers. Yeah. As such. Yeah, I mean, we've, we talked about Gaston when we did Beauty and the Beast a couple months ago. Um, Gaston is a very strong, mm-hmm. but very arrogant, very vain mortal. Yeah. Um, Governor Radcliffe is a very self-important, pompous, overweight, bulbous old man. Yep. Um, and Shan Yu... He's a warrior, He's, a, wa- he's a warrior, yeah. he's physically strong, he's strategically wise, but he's mortal. Yeah. And a, the three of those, you think, well, okay, well, Shan Yu's going to take out the pair, and Radcliffe's just going to be some barking order somewhere, he's going to get a spear through the neck. Um, it doesn't really matter where it comes from, because no. um, he's never going to see it coming, he's... He's, he's portrayed with sort of the arrogance and the pomposity well, that you know, nothing can touch him because he's a governor. He's he's just gone straight away. I think the interesting thing here is obviously Jafar's power really comes from his staff and his ability to hypnotise and yeah. mind control people. I'm assuming we're taking a pre-genie Jafar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jafar as he is, not genie Jafar, yeah. right? So, I mean, Gaston, for all his physicality and strength and everything is actually a fairly feeble mind, I would say. Yeah. And would be very easily manipulated yeah, by Jafar. Shiny. Yeah, so I, I very much see Jafar setting Gaston on Shan Yu instead of getting his own hands dirty. Yeah. Is how I would see that going. Um between those two I kind of don't know. Shan Yu's got they both they're both depicted as having almost kind of superhuman not superhuman strength, but they are they are strong. Abnormally strong. Yeah, abnormally strong. The difference is that, well, you can't, I guess you can't even say that Shan Yu's got a military mind because Gaston also was in the military. Yeah, but I, I don't think he was of, of a rank. Or he's not a, as disciplined. Yeah. Um, I, I think like, he's portrayed, but by the time you get to Beauty and the Beast, he's a hunter. Um, mm. he's, no, he's, he's not a soldier. He's not a, a military man. Um, whereas Shan Yu is fairly high-ranking and fair, no, he's, fair, he's well-respected. He's well-known. And I think that there is a key difference here, and it's whether we allow it, and I think we have to because it's character specific. Connor. Gaston's going to be bringing a gun to a sword fight here. This is true. This well, is... I, I guess Shan Yu can use a bow and arrow. Yeah. But Gaston's going to be bringing a musket. Yeah. The problem is, if he misses first time, it's 40 minutes before he can shoot. He won't again. miss. He's Gaston. If he fires that thing, well, it's going to hit. He's, yeah. he's an ace hunter. If he fires that musket, it's going to hit. I guess Shan Yu's going to have armour, though. Yeah, I didn't know what I mean with him. But he doesn't armour his head. True. Because you always see... Because he's got that very... He's got kind of demon-like features, yeah. the way he's depicted. Yeah, it, it, his it's head done is in, not armoured. It's almost done in some... And TV shows do it as well. And you, you come right up to you know, this year and you look at stuff like 24 did it, Bones did it. You have, char- you have leading characters who are in law enforcement. Everyone else around them is in full fucking riot gear with helmets yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're there with a little flak jacket and yeah, bent, yeah. You know, exposed arms. And you think, hang on a minute, where's your tactical gear? What, what's stopping them shooting you in the head as opposed to shooting him in the head? Yeah. You haven't got a helmet, it's better if they shoot you. And they always do. Um, certainly was kind of the same, but all the all the hands had the full armour mm. and then he didn't. And it, yeah, you're, you're right. It's, Gaston it's, pops a headshot off. He's taking Shan Yu down. Moreover, I mean, Jafar can also control Radcliffe, I would say. Radcliffe's got probably a stronger mind than Gaston, but he is still a... I mean, he's still essentially a human. Yeah. 
so there's a gun there as well, but I, I don't think he needs it. I think he controls Gaston and he pops a headshot off at Shan Yu. Shan Yu's gone. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the benefit of that, certainly to um, to Jafar, is that Gaston at that point is kind of a blunt object. You just use him, doesn't Well, like, this is this is very much how I see that going. So he would take out Shan Yu with a headshot. He'd absolutely pulverise Radcliffe. Yeah. Like, within seconds. Well, that's it. I mean, Radcliffe would be sort of sitting there crying for his mother. Or you know, commanding people who aren't there to call him or to to, to, to to dispose of him. Yeah. So so those two are gone. So we're down with Ursula, Gaston, and Jafar. Now, if Jafar is controlling Gaston, presumably he's now going to try and set him on Ursula rather than do the dirty work yeah, himself. But I mean, now Ursula is again she's a witch. Um, it's, it's more kind of, but not in the same way that the evil queen is. She's more of a kind of conjurer. It's a it's a spell that she yeah. would use. She might need something to perform the spell, but it's not like she has to make a cursed object. Yeah. As such, as long as she's got what she needs, Ariel's voice, for instance, yeah. she can perform a spell. So, and physically, obviously, she's got all the fucking tentacles and stuff. And she's shown to be able to grow to... Gigantic size. Yeah, and she can change form. Like she and became she, um, yes, the, the woman who's never come through around. spells. Yeah. Well, for instance, if she would, no matter what Jafar is doing to Gaston, if Ursula were to transform into the aerial kind of doppelganger, yeah, Gaston's all over her. Yeah, that's inherent to his character. If yeah. there's anything going to I mean, be strong enough to help him break that spell, yeah, it's his cock. It's going to be his desire to get all rapey. Yeah. So all she has got to do is to counteract Jafar's spell. Is transformed to that form. Yeah. Tell Gaston she'll suck him off if he kills Jafar. Yeah. And he is going to go and go for Jafar. Yeah. And it's almost like he's going to be caught in this battle of of wits yeah, between the two. About the mind control, effectively. Yeah. I mean, I think so. It's what what essentially what is going to drive Gaston more, his head or his cock, and we I all know. know the answer to that. Yeah. And I think the problem with that is, certainly in terms of the fight, is that if you've got Gaston, he turns on Jafar, is Jafar going to realise what's happened before he gets... No, again, much like Radcliffe, Jafar, um, physically, if you take mind control out of it, he's actually quite frail. Yeah, he's, he's an old man. He's an old man. Gaston will rip him in two. Yeah. Um, and I think the problem as well for, for Jafar is that he was... His level of arrogance is, is fitting with his new villain. But he wouldn't. He wouldn't believe that his mind control could be broken. No. By the effectively the will of a mortal. So he's going to be looking to think. No, right. I, I just need to push it a bit harder. I need to try again. Yeah. To a point where he's not even going to think. Beat him about the head with his big fucking stick. No. I mean, we, we don't ever. I don't think we really see how far Jafar's mind control could stretch. But whenever you see mind control in any kind of story, there's always an element of, I know you're still in there somewhere, you can break this and yeah. what have you. And I definitely think Ursula would be able to, by transforming into an attractive woman, yeah. or not, probably not even, let's be fair, if she offered to suck him off as the octopus monster. I was going to say, all she needs to do is transform into a fence post with a notch in it. I mean, let's be fair, she had a pretty big set on it. Yeah. Like, Gaston's going to be quite happy to just smoke a Yeah, just, just suck in the gut a little bit and he's, he's there. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he'd be bothered about the gut. He'll just smoke a bottle all day long. Um, yeah, I think Ursula's able to control Gaston better than Jafar is. Yeah. In which case, I think Gaston takes Jafar out. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, for me, the only decent 
straight to video sequel that Disney did was Return of Jafar. I'd argue it's better than Aladdin. Quite, quite possibly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you look at that, you look at where Jafar is in that, and having. That's been a long, long time since I've seen it. But having been a genie at the end of the yeah. film, then sort of being undone that way, the way he comes, the way he comes back, and it's it's almost as if the power, the, the magic he had in Aladdin is sort of diminished. Yeah. To a point where he doesn't have the control. Like, um, again, spoilers for a, a straight to video film from nineteen ninety five. Um, but he, he fails to even control Iago in that yeah. film. So I mean, you've got to think that by this point, his, his power is not that strong. No. It's it's as if sort of becoming a genie and having all the extra power then kind of corrupted yeah. his human form effectively. So yeah, I mean Gaston just again, much like with Radcliffe, just pulverizes Jafar, whether he whether he shoots them or beats them to death. I think I, I, I think, think he's just more pummel them. Yeah, I think he is as well. I think he's just gonna it's just Because it's, it's a show of strength. Yeah, no, he, he totally impresses Ursula. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, so I think I'm surprised at that. I thought Jafar had a bit more in, uh, would have a bit more input into the fight. Yeah, me too. Um, I didn't. To be honest, it wasn't until we started talking this through that I hit on the Ursula thing, particularly when you said that she could transform. Mm. And then I realised that, like, yeah, Gaston's character is just that he, he is just going to go after the ladies. Yeah, of course he is. Uh, I mean, for what it's worth my favourite of all the villains, Gaston, personally. Um, he's absolutely despicable as a character. Yeah. But that's why I like him. Um, he's, he's... He's interesting in that, aside from the fact that he's rapey, no question about it, he's an absolute, absolute. sex pest. Yeah. No question about that whatsoever. But putting that aside, he's almost the hero of Beauty and the Beast for quite some time. Yeah. And the Beast is almost the villain for quite some time. Yeah. And there is a point in the film where Gaston just tips over the edge. I mean, if you were to if you were to look at that story from the other side, if you would take it as okay, there's there's the element of her being completely disinterested, but you're in a small provincial town that there's the the girl that he loves, the object of his affection that he plans to marry, blah 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 blah. She is held prisoner in a, cast, a, cast, a castle by a, by a mythical he's, creature. He's going on the hero's quest to yeah. rescue her. It's it's very it's very easy to see that going the other way. Yeah, I mean, he, the problem is that he's he's depicted as being, and as far as you can go with this in a kids' film, he's quite sexually aggressive. Yes, uh, and that's that's the only thing that's really obviously it's a bad character trait. So that stops you from seeing him as a clean cut hero yeah. because he is. Other than that. He's the hero of the village. Everybody loves him. He's an expert marksman. Yeah. Good hunter. Physically strong. Like, he is the archetypal hero. Yeah. Sexual aggression aside. Yeah, that's it. I think. But, but even then, to an extent, like, it, that only comes through with Belle because all of the other women in the village would willingly give themselves to Gaston. Yeah. At which point that makes him manipulative, but maybe not aggressive. Yeah. Because they're not saying no. Yeah, that's it. No, nobody's actually saying no. Fuck off. Leave yeah. me alone. And even when Belle does say no, like you get, you get the idea that if she says it enough, and she says it in the wrong place with no one around, he's just going to go ahead and rape her. Yeah. But he does back off when she says no. He, just, he goes away and licks his wounds and comes back. Yeah, because they're they're quite but, they're you've got seen I've seen 
the scene in the village right at the beginning um, where everyone's around and he, and she blows him off. But then he goes to the house. Yeah. And as you say, he, he backs off, and it, it's the you kind of get the impression that he wouldn't really you know, being in what 15th, 16th century France, wherever it was, mm. probably wouldn't have. He would have been, well, no, fuck it, I'm having you. Um, there is no question about it. If the only reason he doesn't rape her is one because it's a Disney film, yeah, for kids, uh, and two because he would lose face in the village. Yeah, if he was able to get away with it. He absolutely would. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and that is... Not condoning this as a tactic, kids. No, no, no. Not at all. Not... Like I said, my favourite villain, because he is a fucking villain. But that is because he's... Like all good villains then, like when you look at the way um, the Netflix shows have handled their villains as well, the Marvel shows, right? Yeah. Everybody goes on about the villains in them. It's because they... They're not like Maleficent is just evil. Yeah, she's pure evil. Whereas Gaston is a rounded character who has a flaw. Yeah, and it just so happens that that flaw pushes him to do despicable things, which makes him a villain. That's far more interesting to me. Yeah, in that he is driven by this this need and this sexual aggression towards Belle, and that drives him to eventually try and kill the beast. Yeah, but. In his own mind, he He's thinks her. he is saving her. Yeah. yeah, and even when we get to the end and we find, you know, he does know by the end that he's not saving her and that she wants to be with the beast. He yeah. thinks that the beast has manipulated her. Yes. Yeah. But he knows that this is now her choice, and the right thing to do would be back off and leave her. It's at that point that he goes past being a hero and into a villain. Yeah. And beast ascends into a hero, yeah. saving everyone else from Gaston, yeah. and their two paths cross. Yeah. That's why Beauty and the Beast is such a fucking amazing film. Or part of it, anyway. Yeah. But, right. Anyway, totally off topic. Well, not really off topic. Not really, because, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much on topic, actually. Yeah. Which is unusual for us. Yeah. Anyway, having said all of that, unfortunately, we now know that this is a fight to the death and Ursula is just going to... She's got to take Gaston out now. Well, I mean, the thing with this as well, I mean, if you think... It, she doesn't even have to make hard work of it because if she's still in attractive form, if she's taking the form of a boot form and, and mm-hmm. to manipulate him, all she had, if, if he thinks he's got a shot, he's, he's going to be... No, his guard's down. Yeah, his guard's down. He's going to be within inches of her. And all she has to do is stick a tentacle through his back. Yeah, I don't even think she does that. I mean, when, when she when she takes something from people, it's part of the magic, and, mm-hmm. and they fail to fill the bag, and they turn into those little yeah, shriveled up little yeah, spoony things. Yeah, yeah. So she's promised she's going to suck him off if he takes out too far. So she sucks him off, removes his... His essence. Yeah, his essence, essentially, and he turns into one of those little shrivelly... Yeah, she turns um, into one, doesn't she? Yeah, and then she can just <laughs> squish him. Yeah, thanks for that. I was far enough away from the <laughs> mic when I did the squishing. Yeah, fair it's fine. Uh, um, so, yeah, that would be Gaston gone and Ursula would go through. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I thought Jafar would have more in the fight. I thought the three mortals would be pretty much fucked. Uh, and they were, but I think there was more Gaston, to it than I realised. Well, yeah. Um... Yeah, I thought Jafar would have more about him, and I think I thought there would be more of the sort of the magical magical characters. I thought Ursula would win it. I've got to be honest. I didn't think that Jafar enough to get past him because, again, as you said, his was very much close range hypnotism. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, as I didn't think it was going to be that much that much of a fight between them. But I thought he'd get to the end. Yeah. I thought they'd be down to the last two. I thought the mortals would not really do anything there, but I was wrong. So quite happy with that. Yeah. Okay. So modern age. Dr. Facilier, Mother Gothel, 
and Mordu. Yeah. No. Go. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen Brave that many times. Um, possibly a handful. Um, there's an issue with um, that comes into a lot of the more recent Disney films that the villain isn't the villain. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of set up all the way through the um, the sprite type character, the the Will of the Wisp that yeah. she follows, and the, that's the, the one who puts the spell on the on the queen. For me, that's the villain, and the bear is kind of incidental to the to the story. So you, know, you need you need the bear for the story, but the villain is the is what is effectively what causes the situation in the first place. And like we were talking about this earlier on, like if you look at um, later films, you look at Frozen, you look at um, Moana, the villain isn't obvious. No. Like in um, Moana, the villain is very much... Well, spoilers. Spoilers, sorry. It's still yeah, spoilers. relatively new. That's two year old, it's fine. No, it's a year old. It's, it's not quite a year old yet. Uh, okay, so apologies. Spoilers. spoilers five, yeah. four, three, two, one. Okay. Yeah, so in, in Moana, so the, way it's, the way it's sold, the way it's mar- been marketed, the way it's been sort of given around the world is that Moana is the, the lead and the rock is very much... Um, yeah, like the psychic. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the, so the, the willing participant... And the um, I can't remember the name, but the the lava monster, um, the form that it takes, is the villain. Yeah, and that's what's destroying the world. In reality, it's Maui having stolen. Yeah. Um, having stolen from. Uh, he steals the heart. Yeah. From Nefiki. Nefiki, I think, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So he steals like, the heart. Yeah. Anyway. Steals, steals the heart, and that then, and that is causing the problems in the world because um, Nefiki has then become the lava monster trying yeah. to recover the heart. And in doing so, he's destroying the world. Um, but all the way through, Maui is a complete cockwomble. Yeah, yeah, and does not want to help and no. give it. I mean, it's it's Maui is the villain. There yeah. is no yeah. He but, redeems himself. Yeah, but he is the villain. But he is the villain. And it's it's let's say it's very much atypical of the character of the Rock. Well, when Johnson play, uh, played in WWE when he was the Rock yeah, towards yeah. the end of his run, he's an arrogant twat. Yeah, but, but you love the job. For it. Yeah, you yeah. can do no wrong. And I think that's the thing. And like. Having watched Moana for the first time probably a month or so ago, I had your welcome stuck in my head for fucking days. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's brilliant. Um, I can't get the, I can't get the words right in my head, but it's just the two of them. And I, it's always in my head. And I think the the problem with that, and it's the same if you look at Frozen. Like Frozen, everyone goes on about Frozen being one of the best Disney films. Like it's very good, but there are better Disney films. Uh, Moana, case Moana, point, yeah, twice as good as Frozen. Easily. Absolutely. Um, to a point where, no, you look at Rapunzel as well. Rapunzel is an infinitely better film. Uh, Tangled is... Uh, Tangled, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, um, Tangled is right up there in my favourite films. Not just my favourite Disney films, but my favourite. Mm. Tangled is a fucking phenomenal it is, film. It is, and I think, that, I mean, I obviously called it Rapunzel's not Tangled, that's due to Jess and anything else. But yeah, I mean, you look at these films and they are better, but like, Tangled has a very definite villain, whereas you look at Frozen, and like Frozen, they, they talk about Prince Hans against spoilers for a film for 2013. No, nobody has no, not seen Yeah, Frozen there's nobody on the planet who doesn't yeah. understand Frozen at this point. Um, but yeah, like, Hans is billed as a villain, but in reality he has no impact on creating the situation and his undoing has no impact on resolving the situation. No. So he's, he's kind of an ancillary character. Frozen is a great big gigantic mess of a film. Hmm. Uh, it looks very good. It, look, it looks amazing. The songs... The ones that are there are great. The characters, for the most part, are good. It's an okay film. I enjoy it. I'll, I'll watch it. It's one of the worst Disney films. That's no question. Disney. No, it's not bad. Sleeping Beauty is the worst. Yeah. Bar none. Um, 
but it's just a fucking mess. And that comes down to, I mean, at this point, everybody knows a lot about Frozen, and most people probably know that it's had a fairly rocky development. Yeah. And it shows. It is an unbalanced film. I'm hoping by the time the sequel rolls around, I'm really hoping that sequel will be excellent. Because yeah. there's no reason that Frozen shouldn't be better than it is. It's yeah. almost there. I think the, the problem with that, is that it's been well documented with the, the, prob- the, the problems they had in development, but the fact that they had to rewrite the, they had to rewrite the entire perspective of the film because they realised that and that's they the key the problem and they've they've just lost I almost said they let it go and I stopped myself good they lost their way slightly I think in doing that they pulled it back as best they could yeah but it's become just this, this structural mess it's like they had to then get a villain in there yeah because originally I mean Elsa was meant to be the villain yeah. um, however intentionally or unintentionally Elsa was meant to be the villain and Anna went on this 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 quest to try and basically save her own life yeah. and in the process redeem her sister um, and I think they, they got to that point where they realised oh fuck nobody's going to nobody's going to buy into this nobody's going to want to watch this because effectively the entire point of the journey is I want to save my own ass yeah. and that doesn't really work but so they have they've shoehorned a villain and they've they, no, they, they, they had the cutesy cute, cute, cuddly character in the first place and with, mm-hmm. uh, with Olaf but it just didn't from what I've read, and I'm, I mean, I'm not sure how much of it is sort of accurate and how much of it is sort of, um, has been exaggerated, but they got to a point in development that, oh, fucking hell, we don't, we haven't got the structure right because people won't want to see it. And then all of a sudden, then here come the songs, and they're fucking great, hmm. but then because they've had to change direction of the film in the middle, you get this front-loaded part of the film hmm. with all the songs in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it becomes this weird adventure film. Now, either half on its own yeah. is great. I think like Moana turned out to be more of an adventure film than a musical. The songs in Moana yeah. good as well. But it's more of a traditional kind of adventure film that has some songs in it. Yeah. And I love it for it. And if Frozen had managed to strike that balance and be one yeah. or the other, because as a musical, it's probably, well, not probably, it is, it feels like an old princess film for the first 45 minutes. Yeah, and that's the problem. I mean, we've had this discussion about the um, the live-action of Beauty and the Beast as well. That it seems to change tack halfway yeah. through. And um, that's it, certainly with, with Frozen. It starts off as a musical and you've got a song every five minutes and they're really catchy and they're really they're fun good. and all that stuff. Yeah. But then you get to, you get past the trolls in the middle Yeah. and it's like, where'd the songs go? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What the well, even by the time... Like, by the time the trolls roll around, it's been about 15, 20 minutes yeah. before you've had a song. After Let It Go, it just kind of, yeah, you kind of get a rep- peters off. You get a reprise in the castle about two minutes later with Elsa yeah. And then, oh, you get the summer song as well. And then you get a rep- Oh, I've got about summer. But yeah, you've got a good 10, 15 minutes where... With no song. No song. And it doesn't end with a song. No, that's it. If it's if it's a musical, <laughs> be a musical. If it's an action movie with some songs exactly. in it, be an action movie. Be one but or you, the other. Yeah, and it seems to be where they've gone a bit wrong. And I think Moana seems to put that right a little bit. I think, again, they've front-rolled it to a point. To a point, but... But I don't think it's the detriment of the film, whereas with Frozen, it, because it so noticeably changes style... Yeah, I think that's the big that's the problem with that well, the big problem with that aspect of the film. So there are so many issues with that film, but for that for that aspect, I think that's probably the biggest problem. Yeah, it doesn't know what it wants to be. No, and and Moana did. Yeah. Um, I think they learned, they very much learned from that. Yeah, and you look at the films that came between as well. Like um, you had uh, Zootropolis and uh, Big Hero Six. They they they're just they're films. Yeah, they're they, not musicals. Yeah, and they had a very clear sense of this is what we're doing. Yeah. 
and this is the type of film we're making. And I think that it was a lesson they learned from Frodo because they went, oh, fucking hell, mm. we've done, we done all where we are. No, no. Um, anyway, okay, went off on a rant again. Yeah, so... Um, so, yeah, so w- what we're saying then is maybe Mordu's not the villain in Brave. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I always associate him with being the sprite whose name I can't remember, uh, who um, tricks Mary into putting the spell on her mother. Um... Yeah, I mean, they, you, you, could, you kind of need a you need a physical threat, I, and the quest is to kill Mordu. That is the thing; she has to go up against Mordu. Which mm. you know, in the same way, like when we talk about Moana, like yeah, like Maui's the villain, but the quest is to to yeah to, to kill restore, yeah. To so I, I think I think we take Mordu as the villain, right? Um, so we got Mordu, Mother Gothel, Doctor Facilier. Mother Gothel without Rapunzel is basically. Useless. Yeah, she she's effectively she's a manipulative old, old woman. Yeah, she's the old woman in um, in Snow White. Yeah, she's the old hag. Well, except she hasn't actually got the kind of spell casting power. She yeah. just she uses Rapunzel's hair. That's all she does. She doesn't cast spells. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, so physically, you know, yeah, she, yeah, she's she's a withered old woman. Yeah, um, and her you know, her entire uh, motive is the fact that she because she lost the flower. That they put in the queen's tea and that made Rapunzel's mm-hmm. hair. She needs something to keep her young. Um, it, I mean, there's an element of her. If she went to Facilier, then Facilier would very easily be able to manipulate her by offering her what her heart desires and stuff, yeah. and taking his soul and what have you. But then, even if he does that, what has she got to offer him in a fight against Mordu? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Four fuck all. So I mean, I think I, I either way. Whether it's Facilier or Mordu, someone takes it down. I suspect it would be Mordu just on virtue of it being a big fucking nasty bear. Yeah. And going after everything it can. Yeah. And so her being a dodgy old woman. Yeah. So she's just going to get ripped apart by Mordu. Yeah. So she's she's got nothing to offer here. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing with that, I mean, I I always have a question that it was brushing Rapunzel's hair, it was the exposure to her hair. Mm-hmm. So I never quite understood it. Rapunzel, because of, of the. The flower and the the fact that it was ingested while she while the mother was pregnant, that she has this sort of healing thing that comes from uh, comes from her hair. How did that never? I, I never understood why sort of in theory through brushing off and through being exposed to it, there was there was never any sort of lasting effect with Gothel. The fact that no, she didn't. She only had you know, had this sort of very small regenerative period. Then she had to do it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Over you know, sixteen years or whatever it was, you, you'd have expected some sort of residual. Yeah, well, maybe it would have just kept her young kind of thing. She still would have aged, but... But, yeah, yeah she wouldn't have reverted. I mean, the whole it, the whole hair thing and, and the flower and stuff does start to come apart, really, in Rapunzel, if you question it too much anyway, because by the end, it's not her hair that it's requires her. Flynn, it's her. Yeah. And and when she cries on him with it. So, yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole thing there. They, they go a little bit more into that in the TV series which has just started as well which he obviously has to get it here back yeah I've not seen any of that so it's I've, fucking excellent I've, I've, I've only seen the pilot but it is really good yeah I mean I've, I've, I've read bits about it online I've not seen it yet and when, it, when it's a bit more uh, a bit more of advanced and available I'll pick it's, it up I've only seen the pilot uh, the, the animation is depends I quite like Disney's new new animation style it's the same kind of um flat sort of cell shaded almost animation that the new mickey mouse cartoons are yeah so it's not it doesn't look anything like the feature it's not cgi and crew generated but i quite like that style and it definitely is tangled it's got all the same voice cast it's i think it's fucking excellent um 
Anyway, again, off topic. So we're down to Mordu and Dr. Facilier. Now, Mordu's a big fucking bear. Yeah. Dr. Facilier is fairly sprightly, but moreover, Dr. Facilier here has all the fucking powers. Well, yeah, this is it. And like he can like his main power that besides the fact he can call on those kind of shadow demon things, yeah. his friends from the other side and stuff. The main thing he's shown to do in The Princess and the Frog is transform a thing into another thing. Transmogrification. Yeah. yeah. So Mordu comes lumbering at him. What does he do? Turn it into a Turn fucking slug. frog or yeah. a slug or whatever. And, and squish it. it. Yeah. I, I don't think he gets into a physical fight at all. No, he, whatsoever. Doesn't, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. He just transforms it into something harmless. Yeah. And I mean, the, the whole... Again, it's been a while since I've watched it. Um, we went through a period of watching it every couple of weeks, but... The whole thing with um, Dr. Silly is that there is this sort of checks and balances sort of thing. The only problem yeah. you've got is that if he turns Mordu into a slug or a snail or a frog and then squishes it, where's the, the balance to it? What's he giving the other side? Well, his, he's already indebted to the other side himself, isn't he? That's hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. Like, he's his soul is gone. Yeah. He is indebted to the other side. So he could, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's there needs to be some forming sort of... an element of magic yeah. there that's going to come back around somewhere. Yeah, there's got to be a, there's got to be a balance to it somewhere. But I, I very much see that because I, I did kind of this fight has gone exactly the way I thought it would. Okay, uh, well, as you say, barring the Gaston thing, the, the victors here so far are the ones that I thought they would be. I, I I'm not. I wasn't quite sure on this particular one. Um, not considering the bear at all. Um, but I wasn't sure that Mother Gothel might have had a, a bit more of an impact. Yeah, but I mean, I, as as this carries through now, this is when we go to the next round. This is very much a weakness for Facilier in that yes, he has essentially unlimited power, the same as Maleficent. Yeah, but Maleficent but don't owe nobody nothing. Well, that's it. It's not his power. <laughs> right. Yeah, so something's got to come back around on him. Yeah. And I mean, I've got to be honest. I in watching this, I didn't see it when it came out, which is a 98, 99-ish, I think. Princess and the Frog? Yeah. No, about 2002. Was it that late? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, when, like, th- again, they, they went, they, the Disney started going down a, a, sort of a, a much darker route and sort of starting to look at things like Voodoo, mm-hmm. um, I think was a very brave, um, a very brave decision and, and it added a lot to the story. I mean, it would have very, been very easy to tell a different story about a, a, a woman who's magically turned into a frog and her exports of trying to get back to her life, but they... it was two thousand and nine. What? Yeah, it was actually around the same time as Tangled. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, if you, if you look at the Tangled um, Blu-ray, mm. there's a whole thing on there about how they're returning back to the old sort of hand-drawn animation with Princess of the Frog, and yeah, okay. yeah there's a big deal made out of it. I, I thought just because of the, the animation, I thought it was much of it. Yeah, no. Um, so that'd be why. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was a, a very interesting choice. I, I thought I thought it was about ten years earlier than it was in that case. Um, but yeah, it's a, looking at sort of more social aspects of it and setting it in. Okay, it's not a world anyone would recognise, and the whole um, the whole thing of you know, um, people being turned into frogs and voodoo. Yeah. And, but the whole thing of placing it in a city that people recognise, you not know, putting something in provincial France in you know, the 1700s, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. People can't empathise with that. They, they, yeah. can, they can empathise with the character, but they can't put themselves in that in in that world. Um, same with you know, Cinderella and Snow White yeah, yeah. and things. But you, you, even by doing a magical story, 
you put it in somewhere where people recognise. You put it in a kind of contemporary Bayou New Orleans yeah. setting. And yeah, the yeah. same as they did with Zootropolis, they set it in New York, effectively. Yeah, yeah. Um, and no, it's it's a, it's something that even people who haven't been there, they recognise. They, they recognise that place. They recognise modern yeah. cities and the difference between modern cities and rural areas and the difference in characters and personalities and things like that. So they're, they're, try, they're trying to make it more inclusive. Um, they kind of went away from that, I think, in um, in Frozen, whereby it was not, it was a king, it was a kingdom, it was an isolated kingdom. You didn't sort of see much of the sort of the class structure other than the fact mm-hmm. you had you know, token poor boy um, who you know, comes good and marries a princess or whatever, however it works out. But you didn't really see that. Whereas I think they, it was a, it was a very interesting move, and so it's I think possibly the first time you saw that. Yeah, probably and, yeah. And I, th- I think so. I think the, the voodoo aspect of it was certainly something that I wouldn't have expected to see in a Disney film. No, it, it just kind of fit that whole kind of New Orleans vibe as well. Yeah, it, it just made sense. Yeah, that's it. And you could, you, know, you could have had that and set that story in in medieval France or mm. wherever, and the story would have still worked. Yeah, but it doesn't have the same resonance. No, no. Uh, okay, so we've got Maleficent, Ursula, and Doctor Facilier. So this is this is a full on magic smackdown basically. Yeah. Um, now, on the cusp of it, I guess Ursula's power is probably the weakest here, based on nothing other than she's got nothing to fire her powers with. Yeah, that's it. I mean, in um, at the end of the moment, she had the trident. Trident. Yeah, but that's so not hers. That's not hers, and she didn't really. She wasn't able to, able to wield it properly. No. Um, However. Physically, though, she can make herself physically, yeah, physically gigantic. She, yeah, she's the only one who we see changing form, really. Well, aside from Maleficent. Well. And Facilier can change his form full yeah. stop. So maybe, like, something's got to come back on Facilier. So yeah. he's turned Mordu into a frog. So maybe by this point now, he's turned into a bear. Maybe. Um, I think. I, I mean, that that's basically. The, the leveler here isn't it is what it's not so much what magic powers these guys have because they can all fire magic at each other all day yeah but essentially what we got then is a fucking dragon versus a giant octopus lady yeah versus Dr. Facilier either in human form or if we're saying this spell's coming back on him yeah. now then he's a bear yeah I mean either way if I mean if he's a bear he's, he's not a magic bear is he no, because he, when he transforms people into frogs and stuff, they aren't magic frogs. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he's not... He but would, if he he loses any power yeah. he's got, then, is what I'm saying. But, but then, since his soul is already indebted to the other side, and they are using him to collect other souls, maybe they wouldn't want him to be a bear. Maybe they'd just let him be. Yeah. Because maybe. if he dies, then they don't get any more souls. They get his. Yeah, but then, I mean, they've already got his. Yeah, whereas he's in a position here to possibly get the Maleficent and Ursula's souls. So you kind of figure they'd maybe just let him be here. Yeah, I mean, I think even if that was the case, I mean, I think without sort of you know, emboldening him with sort of the, you know, the genie level powers that Jafar had at the end of Aladdin, he's not really going to be much of a match. No, and I think for look, we, yeah, we have to follow the rules of their universes, I guess. And the rules of their universe is that Facilia's magic is always give and take. Yeah. So in this case, it's going to come back around on him somehow. Yeah. He was the one that benefited from the spell, so therefore he must also have something go against him. Yeah. So if he turns into a bear, then he's not got a chance against a dragon. No. Or, they, a, giant or a giant squid. Because it'll squash him. So all Maleficent's got to do is just fucking breathe fire on him. He's going to set his fur on fire and he's going to run around like a bear on fire yeah. and die. Yeah. 
So yeah, I don't think there's much, I don't think there's much more to it than that. I think I'm for, no, I say unfortunately for for that. So because it's because I, it's about balance. I say he he can't he can't be seeing no. the benefit from it. This this is where right okay. This is the first point where it's diverged me because I honestly thought the only real competitor for Maleficent here was Vasilio. Just because of the fact his power is almost infinite. But it's but, but it's not I his. hadn't yeah That's... I hadn't caught up. I was I, I kind of thought yes I knew he owed it to the other side but I hadn't thought about the whole coming back around thing which yeah. is very much a part of it. So that's it. Yeah, yeah. that's cost him. That's that's it. In as much as. We said about Ursula not being able to um, wield the trident properly because it's not hers. Yeah, and she knows she can. You, I mean, she she uses it, but it's not to great effect. Yeah, um, it's much the same with Sula because it's not his magic, and yeah. he owes for it. Yes, yeah, he not, can't wield it in the same way that Maleficent can. Yeah, in well, it's just hers. Yeah, she can do what the fuck she likes. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, that's that the problem, and uh, and. As well as with her, she can become a dragon, but she can be anything. She can become things. Yeah, she just decided to be a dragon. Yeah, she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, because he's a knight in armor, and um, what do you do with yeah. that? Oh, you turn, you turn a dragon. dragon. If he, if he's been turned into a bear by the other side as payment for yeah taking out the bear, then he can't control. He can't turn back. No. He can't turn into anything else. No, he's a bear now. He, yeah, he is now a bear. Yeah, at which point Maleficent will just snap him out straight yeah, away. Exactly. So then we're left with Maleficent and Ursula. Now. Straight away, Maleficent's more mobile. Simple. Well, yeah, that's she's it. a dragon. She can fly. Yeah, she's more agile. Ursula is a big, fat, wiggly octopus. Yeah. Now she's she's got tentacles that she's going to be able to try and wrap Maleficent up in. But also, all Maleficent needs to do is put up a wall of thorns. Yeah, but no, I mean she she separates and stuff as well. Does she? She no, she, she can do whatever. Like she's dragon form at the moment, but yeah, yeah she can just fucking yeah, she can disappear and, and come and back. Somewhere like else. I said, the thing is with Ursula, whereas Ursula's magic is it's just a little bit more slow because she's got to sing a whole song and do a chant and, yeah. and all of that and do a bit of a wiggle. Yeah, Melissa, Maleficent's Melissa has just a like she can just know she can ping things off. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I mean, plus we haven't used him at all yet, but she's also got Diablo. Yeah, which could, he can just be flying around annoying the piss out of Ursula as well. And yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean, especially if she is, she's supposed to supersize Ursula at the end, as she is at the end of the movie, just land on her nose. Yeah, yeah. Just be like a fly landing on, on a person. You're like, what the f-? I mean, Ursula we know can change form as well, though. We've only seen her transform into a human. And a giant. And a giant. But I guess she could, if she wanted to, then transform into a dragon herself. Yeah, potentially. And fight Maleficent. But you still have the thing of... It, okay, well, let's say she does, right? Let's, let's give her the benefit of the doubt but say she can also transform into a dragon. It yeah. now comes down to personality and power. Yeah. And I, I just don't think she's got it in it. The problem with that, before we go any further with that, the problem with that is that her her magic is predicated on getting something, yeah? So, yes. Uh, not in the same way where he, you know, it's balanced, but she gets something from it. Yeah. Uh, and to do that, she needs well, to... Well, she actually gets souls as well, is what she gets, Well, yeah. Because she turns them into yeah. those little things. Yeah. But I mean, she. So she, she needs, needs something ob- to fill well her yeah, transformation. She need, yeah, she needs something, be it an object or mm. a con. No, in terms of voice, a concept, whatever it is. She needs something to enable her to. There's a price. Yeah. And again, I can't. I said, there's. I can't see what there is that she's going to be able to get to use to, to yeah. fill her. I mean, she says it herself in the song. There is a price for the magic if you want to cross the bridge, then you have yeah. to pay the toll. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maleficent just has this untapped source of power that she can do whatever she wants with. It never seems to weaken, never seems to run out. Plus, at the end of the day, not only is she a dragon, she is arguably the most fucking badass dragon 
possible. Like, yeah. she's a fucking black dragon that breeds green fire and she's gigantic. Yeah. Like, she's just badass. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I say, her, her entire character all the way through is that she's a complete bitch. Yeah, there, there is nothing. I mean, if it can, even if it just come down to the two of them in their physical forms fighting, I think Maleficent is just the kind of character that is not going to stand there and be beaten. No. She well, will do whatever it takes. Yeah. But if she gets pissed off, she's just going to be smart enough to retreat and vindictive enough to then retreat and just airstrike if she has to. Yeah, I mean, she's not going to care. To the point where if you, know, you look at Ursula, Ursula is, okay, Ursula's going Ursula's to be pretty mobile because she has eight tentacles that can move yeah. very well. However, she's still fucking huge. Yeah, she's um, gigantic. She's, 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 her, she's an easy target. Yeah. Her, her mobility is based on the fact that she can move these tentacles and she can use them for leverage and more. But she's going to be slow. Hmm. Add that to the fact that, say, Melissa can be wherever and do whatever. I wouldn't put it past her to just sort of, you know, appear behind her and stab her in the back. Or well, zap her a, or whatever else. She just disapparate. Apparate behind her. Yeah, and zap her. Uh, yeah. Or, I mean, you know, even at the most basic level, if she's giant Ursula and Maleficent's a dragon, she can fly, take off and nuke the bitch from orbit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's... There's, there's an, just no way is there. There's a multitude of ways in which there is no, happen, but there's no competition to it. I knew this when we started this fight. I like <laughs> there is no way. Like even if we took the whole villain canon, everybody, the yeah. only one that even could possibly touch on Maleficent would be Chernobog, and that's just because he's a he's the devil essentially. Mm. Like there is no way anybody. No, there's no touch Maleficent, is there? Absolutely not. She's just gonna. I mean, the way I see it is if it's giant Ursula, yes, she's just. She's the dragon, she fucking breathes fire and toasts the bitch. Yeah. Crispy fried octopus. Sweet. So, yeah, it's blatantly. No, I'm hungry. In the battle of the Disney villains, it's blatantly Maleficent, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I think we sort of hit that on the head. I think both of us went into this thinking, oh, well, we'll give it a chance, see what happens, but realistically, it's gonna be Maleficent. I'm not sorry because she's no it, it, easily. That's what she is easily. Easily the best. best. Yeah, that's it. That's, no, I think that was always going to be the case, and I think there have been a few other surprises in terms of as, as we started talking about, like Jafar and Gaston. There, there have been elements to it I haven't expected, but the outcome, yeah. I think, I'd have been very surprised if the outcome was different. I'm glad Gaston managed to do what he did. Like Maleficent, unquestionably the best villain. Gaston is my favourite. So I'm, I'm quite pleased that he managed to at least do something. He put up a fight. I mean, it's more than most did, I've got to be honest. Well, he didn't put up a fight, but he, he got sucked off. So well, he, he did put up a fight in as much as he killed others. Well, yeah, but not willingly. Yeah, but that's not the point. No. But yeah, and does say there was there was an actual effect of him being there. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah. I mean, somebody like... Well, he's actually got the highest body count when you look at it. Yeah, I mean, somebody like Radcliffe or Lady Tremaine, they've just, you know, they've just turned up. Yeah, I mean, they... they they're manipulative, is what they are, but so is everybody else here, and you well, can't be a kidder. Yeah. So, I mean, having seen Cinderella about a billion times in the last two years, um, I say she's an absolute bastard. Yeah. But you, as you said, no, as we said earlier on, she is just a pro- she's a product of her time. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a an, a country where nobility is important, and it's no, it's it's based on your stat your status in society. So. Keeping the skull, keeping the scullery made down. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm trying to promote you. No, trying to promote the interests of your family and your daughters. That's that's normal. Yeah. Um. So the fact that no, I say she was a complete fucker isn't really that surprising, and the fact that the way the way that we had it taken out it wouldn't really surprise you. Um. 
certainly with Radcliffe, that Radcliffe isn't a strong character. He's an aggressive and forceful character, but but he's yeah. he's not he's not strong. He doesn't really understand what he's doing. No. And I think that that they were sort of the easy picking ones. The rest of them, I'm surprised Shani didn't put more of a fight. But again, you know, bring a gun for a sword fight would you expect? Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, but so there were there were bits of it I was surprised at, bits I wasn't. But I think the result was always pretty much nailed off. Mm, totally. Yeah. So um, in the battle of the Disney villains, um, not the Disney princesses, I nearly said, as the battle of the Disney villains, uh, Maleficent walks it basically. Yeah. Um, if you've got any thoughts on that, or you'd like to speak to us, a you're wrong. <laughs> um, but B, feel free, um, go to our website, ddpodcast.net, or tweet us on Twitter at ddpodcastnet, or find us on Facebook, we're Double Down Podcast Network, and uh, send us your thoughts, uh, any comments, questions, fights you'd like to see, just drop us a line. Until next time. See you later. It's good to be back. It's good to be back.